Good morning. It is seven minutes after nine o'clock. Glad to have you with us. And uh, we've got, uh, well, a, a sad story about a four-year-old who was killed. Uh, we'll talk about uh, crime and punishment and people's just complete lack of humanity. Uh, it's insane. It uh, deals with road rage, but road rage has been around for a long time. Trust me, I know. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get to that. Uh, we also have uh, some interesting data on the national debt. And I'll, uh, I'll chat a little bit about that as well. But first, uh, a disturbing post I saw on Facebook. It was a little girl asking her mother about, quote unquote, trickle down economics. For the record, there is no such thing. There's uh, economists don't have a trickle-down economic theory. It's just a way to describe the benefits of cutting taxes on wealthy people. But anyway, the, the girl's asking the mother, "What you know? What who benefits?" And the mother says, "The rich." And this this uh, person who made the post spent quite a bit of time, because I was reading through all the posts, trying to defend his uh, his position that we need to tax the rich. And I, you know, my, my first thought is the immorality of it. Who out there preaches theft? Who thinks theft is a good idea? Because we are clearly stealing from wealthy people. They clearly pay more than, than they cost, and in fact, they're the ones that create the jobs that the rest of us, uh, you know, get our money from. But this idea that rich people are somehow hurting the economy, that somehow the rest of society could better handle their money, is absurd from the get-go. I was really frustrated uh, uh, reading through his uh, his posts and his defense of the argument that cutting taxes, essentially, which is what trickle-down uh, is designed to explain, doesn't help. It does. It encourages investment. Nothing gets done unless somebody invests. You've got to invest something. Uh, time, energy, money, uh, all of these things in order to be successful, in order to have a truly successful business, in order to eventually become rich, you have to really double down on all of those things. Uh, unless you hit the lottery or there's some other anomaly that, that may happen, you inherit something. But wealthy people, for the most part, don't work 40 hours a week. They don't make it to all their children's events. They don't get home while dinner is being served on the table. They work long, hard hours. And they invest their profits, usually, when they're starting, back into their company. So that it can grow. And that's how they get rich. A lot of us don't want to do that. A lot of us aren't rich. But just because wealthy people have more money than you doesn't mean that you have the right to spend their money, to take it from them, to engage in confiscatory taxes 
that benefit you or your cause but harm the rest of society. The more the, the more money we have uh, in the hands of the wealthy, the better. Are we up again? Do we have to take a, a quick break, Brian? Yeah, we'll be right back. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. 16 minutes after 9 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, we were talking about this uh, post on Facebook where these people just don't get it. Uh, and it is immoral. It, it not only is illogical, it's immoral to take money from rich people at a greater rate than you take from anybody else. It'd be like charging different people, uh, charging different prices for a loaf of bread, depending on how much money you make. It literally is the same argument. Well, a rich person can afford more, so we'll make them pay $30 for a loaf of bread. Uh, that way, when a poor person comes in, they only have to pay a nickel for a loaf of bread. Well, no, that's not the way the world works. And it's immoral. It really is. It's theft. I don't know. frustrates the hell out of me. Uh, by the way, I think, uh, Brian, we should... Uh, well, let's see. I've got a couple of things that I want to get to. Uh, one of them uh, deals with uh, President Biden uh, talking about uh, pharmaceuticals. And the other one talks about President Trump. Apparently, the word is out that if Trump manages to get to the White House, some pretty awful things are going to happen. Uh, I'm sure, Brian, that, uh, that you heard this. I uh, did, yes. Yeah. This is amusing. What would a second Donald Trump term look like? Well, he cannot be the next president, um, it, it, because if he is... You can't imagine the things that he's going to do. Mexico, Canada, we can't go to Canada because eventually Canada will become annexed to America. And shoot visitors to the White House. Yeah, that means he can shoot the First Lady. We're going to see violence, the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th. Make it illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer, and he will make everybody raise their hand and salute him. Using martial law against the American people. Terminate the Constitution. To rewrite the Constitution. Create mass internment camps. Throw everyone into Gitmo. Might be sent to jail or their rights might be suppressed, especially minority groups in society. You might have any number of things happen to you and your family. Every one of us, our freedom, our liberty, none of us is safe. He's going to have people around him executing against an enemy's list. Assassinate generals. Ordering troops uh, to um, attack American citizens. Trump's very well-armed and extremist base will try to kill people. He's going to basically burn the house down. He will unravel the institutions of our democracy. Draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler. Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini. Makes Donald Trump even more dangerous. He wants to take away your vote. Senate and the House are immediately going to be paralyzed. People will begin in their minds to censor themselves. They might say, well, maybe I shouldn't say this. This is the end democracy. Yeah. I think that could be the end of our democracy. But democracy is dead if Trump is reelected. Cozy up to Putin that democracy will be at risk. The absolute destruction of the Justice Department as we know it. The Justice Department could be entirely transformed. I am really concerned about that. Every person who was associated with the attempted coup elevated in the administration. He's reelected. He will curb transgender rights. And the rule of law. Arrest political opponents to persecute, not prosecute 
you, but persecute his enemies. Take a wrecking ball to the rule of law. He's going to make the law. Everyone else will have to follow. A vote for Donald Trump uh, may mean the last election that you ever get to vote in. To go after the independent and free parts of American civic life. He would tear down our institutions. Urge the government of employees. Department by department effort to weaponize the powers of the government. To use the military to quash protests. Ridding the government of all democratic safeguards. Junking American democracy as we have always known it. That he would try to stay in office beyond a second term. That he would never leave office. There's no question. Trump is reelected. He won't leave. Donald Trump will never leave office voluntarily. And what that means is that everybody who wants us to remain a republic has to. Wow, man, that sounds I, like Armageddon. I uh, I was uh, I'm stunned. scared now. I, I had no idea. Me neither. Trump um, made a big mistake because during his first term, I guess he just didn't get around to doing those things. Well, I'm stunned that he left office. I know. Yeah, uh, and then he's going to persecute, prosecute, execute everything bad. Yeah. He's gonna. He is going to destroy democracy as we've known it. Uh, well, <laughs> at least they're I, all on the same page. Yeah, and I like the with, with uh, you know such righteous indignation yeah. that he'll weaponize the Justice Department. He'll weaponize big government. <laughs> they, Ooh, they have no well, self awareness, do they? Who I've never seen that before. <laughs> Uh, just, just every time uh, the Democrats get in the White House, I, uh, I was. I mean, some of the accusations on there really are outrageous. Uh, these people are half a bubble off plum, and and clearly they're they're trying to scare. And here's the thing: I don't think they're scaring any Republicans, even the the uh, never Trumpers are buying into some of this nonsense of the last election you'll ever vote in. Oh, for God's sakes, get a life. But isn't that kind of the way politics work, especially on the left? Whatever it is they want, the sky will fall if they don't get it. <laughs> it's the end of the world if Donald Trump gets in office. All of these horrible things they just went through, that whole litany of uh, abuses will happen. If we don't Get rid of carbon fuels. They got this whole litany of horrible things that will happen. If we don't give money to... I mean, it's just... It's, 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 it's like the way they think. It's the end of the world every time you turn around. And when you do have a problem, I mean a real problem, they just sort of don't recognize it. Everything is, to the Democrats, an existential threat. Everything. Uh, Donald Trump, global war, everything. It's just, it's all an existential threat. The real threat is um, the debt. And they don't seem to want to fix that. <sighs> I don't know. Strange, strange world we live in. Uh, we will talk about the economy. We'll talk about the. I will do this. Let me do this on the national debt so I can get this out of the way. I timed this this morning. Uh, we know that uh, $34 trillion is right around the corner. It literally is $74 billion buck, uh, dollars away. The government spends another $74 billion. 
will hit $34 trillion in debt. And I thought, well, how long does it take them to spend a million dollars? And I timed it. Because you can go to usdebtclock.org and you can see the, the, the money rolling around. It's, it's like a, an old-fashioned slot machine as the debt runs up. And it took... I, I actually had to time it twice. I thought, well, maybe, maybe I made a mistake. <laughs> 30 seconds is how long it takes the federal government to spend a million dollars. So they're spending $2 million a minute. It's no wonder this, uh, this uh, debt is out of control. It's insane. Uh, but that's how fast it is. It's uh, 30 seconds uh, per million or 2 million uh, per minute, however you want to phrase it. It's just ugly. Uh, to the phones, Dennis, good morning. Good morning. I, I, I just started listening, and I heard the uh, list of things that you just played with the Democrats, and I, I just... My head's exploding because, and we all know it, that everything these people will say, everything, is, describes exactly what they're doing at this very moment. Everything. Yes. yes. Yeah, they're weaponizing every, every government agency they can at every level of oh, government they can. Yeah. Yeah, they're, it's insane. I, I, every time they talk about this stuff, every time, they're describing exactly what they're doing. You know, and it just, I, it, my head explodes every time I listen to these wackos. And they yeah. are wackos. They are extremely yeah. insane wackos. In dire need of a checkup from the neck up, as we say. Dennis, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. By the way, we had our uh, CC's Christmas dinner. Uh, interestingly, uh, uh, normally what happens is 10 or 15 people will say, they're going to be there, and then something comes up, and they can't make it, and then we have some empty seats. And people who wanted to get in don't get to go in. So I I overbooked. Turns out I overbooked exactly to capacity for the restaurant. But it is it was, it was jammed. Uh, for a while there, I was, in fact, I had to eat at the bar. That's, that's how full we were. Uh, Professor Tony Lupo got up and spoke, and he was brilliant until he made fun of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I'm not sure what that was all and about. The bouncers kicked him out, right? Oh, well, no, I did. I, <laughs> I cut him right off. <laughs> cut him right off. Uh, then uh, Senator Bill Eigel came in, and uh, he spoke and really worked the room, went around and talking to people. And I think he really moved the needle. Uh, I think a lot of people were impressed. Uh, it was it was great because we don't let them talk to you. The point of the speaker is so he can eat up a little time while the waitstaff gets all the orders uh, and the chef starts cooking. How do you slam a restaurant like that? I mean, I don't know how you can take a restaurant that's empty at 5 to 12 and is packed with every seat in the room taken at 12.05 and cook all of those meals for all of those people and get it out in a timely way. I don't know how they do it, but they did. I had a great time meeting you. I could literally, now ordinarily, uh, at the end of every Christmas dinner, I go around and talk to everybody. I, I stop at every table. Um, 
I couldn't get to some of the tables. It was so crowded. So uh, apparently they need to expand. That's all there is to it. They need to expand uh, so that listeners uh, uh, can uh, sit more comfortably. They don't know it yet, but they need more room. But I enjoyed meeting every one of you. Uh, I had a terrific time. I hope you did too. I've I've heard back from some of you who are uh, who really uh, were were thrilled uh, to uh, take part in the event, and it's a great way to meet other people like you who think like you do and to organize. and And it was it was just a great affair. I I enjoy doing it every year. I especially enjoy the part where I get to sit down and and eat. Do you know, Brian? It was so busy, and I was so you know uh, jostled trying to get everything done. I didn't have, um, I just, all I, I, I just, give me the steak, give me the salad, <laughs> uh, and I'll be a happy kid. God, I love that salad. That is such a crispy, and those baked potatoes, whew, wow. Anyway, uh, so uh, thank you all for showing up. I hope you had as good a time as I did, and uh, maybe next year we'll, we'll do it again. So there. Uh, I am uh, fast running out of time, but let me just tell you that Canada... Uh, they're going to see a drastic change in their transportation system. We'll we'll talk about that. And President Biden, uh, and I know this is a shock. You're not going to believe this, but President Biden said something. Uh, nobody knows uh, exactly what. We'll play it. I'll, we'll see if Brian can translate it for us. Because well, we don't have. Kevin Jackson to do it today. He's usually the one we, we rely on. All that's coming up and more on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. <laughs> we'll get Brian's take on uh, President Biden's uh, chat about pharmaceutical industry, but first, uh, some messages that came in through GaryNolan.com. Uh, the Democrat ads prove if you want to know what the Democrats are doing, just watch what they accuse others of doing. Uh, Melissa said, uh, can we say gaslighting? I believe they're threatening what they want to do and are doing. Uh, P.S. Thank you for a marvelous dinner on Saturday. You are welcome. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, Anson, uh, best case scenario, Trump actually does 25% of what he's being accused of doing by the left. I don't even like the guy. I never voted for him. But part of me uh, wants uh, him to whip out a guillotine on the White House lawn and start cleaning up the swamp like it's 1789 France. Uh, Roger says, for your information, uh, referring to Tony Lupo, I said that he took a, a, a cheap shot uh, at the Browns. He's a Buffalo Bills fan, hence he dislikes the Browns. This is interesting, and I, and I know this because I worked in New York. A lot of people who live in Buffalo are Browns fans because before, the, before they got their own team, that was the closest team to them. Uh, and so surprisingly, a lot of Buffalo uh, uh, folks are, are Browns fans. So that's interesting. All right. Uh, well, maybe it's not. I just, it's one of those little things that I happen to know. All right, Brian, I need you uh, to translate for Again? me. Again? 
This is getting to be a regular routine with you. Well, sometimes, I don't know, maybe it's fatigue. I, I can't quite make out what Biden is saying. Yeah. And I, I rely on your expertise. Your I usually can figure it out instantly what he's saying. It always impresses me that you're able to do that. Here we yeah. go. Taxpayers already are chipping in, making, paying a lot of money for that here tonight to get these... Is that um, it? People yeah, chipping in, and uh, he needs some money. And uh, just be quiet and listen to him. He's got everything under control. Uh, let me try it again, because that seems like a lot longer uh, Yeah. Than Taxpayers already are chipping in, making, paying a lot of money for that here at Anais to get these. Hemden and Anais? Yeah, how does Hemden and Well, that's his way of saying that um, he's going to take some more money for climate change. He has He's to. talking pharmaceuticals. I think you're I know. But you know, you're starting to remind me of that guy that was doing this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes. He was signing for the deaf, and he had no idea. He was, <laughs> his fingers were just flailing in the air. <laughs> he didn't really know sign language. Where was that? South Africa, I think? That was so funny. Every time a sign language person is standing next to Biden, I'm wondering what is going through their head. It's like, not again. What do I, what do I say? <laughs> Carpal tunnel syndrome and arthritic fingers trying to keep up with him. I don't know what he was saying. I have no idea. But um, apparently Brian doesn't either. He, he just <laughs> faked me out there. Oh, boy. Um Eight seven four ninety three ninety toll free number is eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. I just have this vision of that guy standing next to him, and his hands are moving, and, and, and it's nothing. He's just moving his hands. <laughs> Poor people that need it. They, what is that? <laughs> totally baffled. Oh Lord. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's keep going because we uh, we got some uh, information up up in Canada. Apparently, the Canadians are are jumping in on this zero emission vehicle thing, and by twenty thirty five, they supposedly will not be selling any cars that uh, have an emissions. Uh, they'll all be battery powered. There's a, are we familiar? Is, are Missourians familiar with the Alberta Clipper? I think we've talked about it on occasion. I, I know they know what the polar vortex is because we've had that. But the Alberta Clipper used to come to, it used to affect Northeast Ohio. Um, this rush of really, really cold air because they're so far north would come down, sweep across Lake Erie before it was completely frozen, pick up all that moisture, and just pummel us with snow. And Buffalo, New York would get this. It was, it was called the Alberta Clipper. So I'm not sure that the Canadian government understands this, but it's colder up in Canada than it is even here. And if you have battery-powered cars and the kind of cold weather, I mean, we would, we would get an Alberta Clipper and the temperatures would drop regularly to 10 below zero, 12 below zero. It would get really, really cold. Uh, those cars aren't going to go very far in Canada. They're, they They just... In that kind of cold weather, even in North Dakota, you know, they've got such cold weather up there that these battery-powered cars don't, they just don't cut it. 
it's amazing how easily people succumb uh, to the pressure that they buy into this stuff. There is another thing. This this kind of ties to their, the willingness of, of the public to buy into these kinds of uh, chicken little sky is falling arguments. And I think that's how people like Adolf Hitler get in office. That's where you that's where you've got to be really careful. We have this rampant inflation, incredible national debt, costs going through the roof. People are having a hard time making ends meet. And somebody's going to come in and say, if I just had more power, I could fix this. If I just didn't have to worry about being reelected, that's when it's over. That's when it's done. And I think we're heading in that direction. I think we are, because we're getting pulled apart at both ends. They're literally ripping us apart in the middle. They, the, the Democrats especially, I mean, they really... You know, the Republicans may try to regulate who you have sex with, and it's none of their damn business. Uh, but the but that's sustainable. You you can work around that, but you can't work around lousy economics. There is no way to escape that. And the, what the Democrats want is to control all of the money. Because they think they can spend it best. And the more they do it, the worse things get. The bigger the government is, the less freedom you have. And at some point, it's unsustainable. So many people are struggling that the government, somebody will say, give me more power, I will fix this. And then it's over. Then it's done. And I think that's how people like Adolf Hitler, you know, get in office. That's, that's what's going on in South America. Uh, we've got uh, practically a dictatorship. It's a, you know, they have phony elections. They have rampant inflation. And uh, these arguments are, well, Venezuela uh, will be much better off if I have more power. And they're not. That's going to happen to us. Somewhere down the road, that'll happen to us. When somebody does that, when somebody says that, it's time to sell everything you've got and find someplace new to live. Get out of the country. Apparently, it won't be Canada because they're just as dumb in Canada and in Ottawa as they are in D.C., 874-9390, toll-free number 800-529-5572. There is a story in the news. It, it bothered Brian enough that he brought it to my attention, and I read it, and it just, it's sad. I'll, I'll tell you about how this four-year-old died next on the, on the Gary Nolan Show. It's uh, 949. Glad to have you with us. And this is such a sad story. I, I cannot... I cannot imagine what the parents are feeling. I, I can't I cannot comprehend this. 
but I know that it has to be earth-shatteringly sad. Apparently, uh, this uh, happened in Lancaster, California, which is like practically all desert. Uh, a gunman reportedly cut off a mother and father and began following them um, across several streets. And while being pursued by the suspects, the victim driver slowed his vehicle, at which time the suspect driver pulled up alongside the passenger side of the car and began shooting. Unfortunately, there was a four-year-old child in the back seat. They rushed the child to the hospital, but it, it was too late. They could not save the boy. The four-year-old boy was sitting in the back seat, hit by the gunfire in the upper torso. After being rushed to a local hospital by his parents, the boy later died. Shortly after the shooting, the suspect's vehicle was located, uh, and they arrested a 29-year-old man and a 27-year-old woman. Now, we can, we can imagine that it's horrible pain, but I don't think we can ad accurately adjust. I mean, a four-year-old child is just as innocent as you can be. At four years old, child is the perfect picture of innocence. And a bullet ripped through his upper torso because some guy got upset about traffic. How did we get here? Now, road rage has been around for a long time. You may think it's just something that's made it into the news in the last 10 or 20 years. But it's been around for a long time. I've had a gun pulled on me. My father used to have, uh, and I've told this story, my father was uh, driving across the Lorraine Carnegie Bridge and uh, some guy cut him off and they cut each other off and then he pulled over to the side of the road. And my father, who loved to fight and was very good, uh, beat this guy to a pulp. And the guy tried to run my father over as he was getting back in his car. So they continued chasing each other across the Lorraine Carnegie Bridge, now the Hope Memorial Bridge. And when he got to the east side of the bridge, Dad had cut him off, got out of the car, and this time, having had the snot kicked out of him the first time, the guy had his windows wound up and his doors locked. My father took off his shirt and punched through the windows, kicked in the fenders and doors. They both got arrested, by the way. But, I mean, that's how road rage. That would have been in the 1940s. Road rage has been around. But it wasn't murderous. This, this guy pulled up alongside this family with a gun in his hand. And understand, it's not the gun. I'm not blaming the gun. But this guy had a gun in his hand, and he decided to unload it in the car. One wonders what he was thinking. What about the humanity? You're going to risk, and in this case, successfully kill somebody because you don't like the way they're driving? 
What the hell is the matter with people? What has happened to society? It was bad enough the incident that I told you about with my father where it was fisticuffs, but now we're talking shooting at each other. I know people on the left are going to blame the gun. Oh, it's the accessibility of guns. I could practically guarantee you. I would be willing to bet money that the, that the idiot that pulled the gun and shot into, the, into that car was not a concealed carry permit holder uh, and was probably already a criminal. It's not the gun. It's the person that held it. But what is going on with humanity? Why isn't life more precious? Why don't people think about life the way we used to? I'm sure most of you feel the same way that I do. Most of you would probably never envision getting so enraged in traffic that you would recklessly shoot into an occupied car. But some people apparently, and, and this isn't the only story, there are other stories out there, but apparently some people out there feel it's justified. And we're hearing about it more. Maybe it's the news media doing a better job reporting. But one wonders how we got here. How did we think life was so insignificant? How did so many people think life wasn't so precious that we were willing to risk it because somebody's driving irritated us? And what's the punishment for this? Oh, what are you going to do? You're going you're, you're to lock them up for, uh, you know, what, a predetermined number of years? Like that's going to somehow solve his, uh, his anger management? I don't know what the, what the uh, what, I, don't, I don't have any idea what to do with the guy. And he was with a woman, too. He was, there was a woman in the car with him. You would think that, because I think women have more sense when it comes to these kinds of things than men do, you'd think she would have said, what, what the hell are you doing? No, don't do that. She got arrested, too. She got arrested, too. How did we get to this point where life is just not precious? I don't know. 874-9390. 800-529-5572 or, or uh, go to GaryNolan.com and uh, send me a message and it will pop up here in studio. I'll be curious to see what, uh, what you think. How did we get here? Let me just check that and then we, uh, let's see. Gary, there's a lot of static coming through your microphone. Brian sounds normal. Brian has never sounded normal. <laughs> All right, maybe there's something wrong with the mic in the studio here. Um, let me uh, let me get uh, Moral on the on the line here. Moral, welcome. Oh, how you doing, Jerry? It's good to speak with you today. Listen, uh, I, I'm going to do you real solid and just keep this 
uh, you know, on, on the human life, uh, you know, for, uh, in respect to human life. And, and I want to touch on the, uh, the medical industry, the doctors. Now, uh, you know, and, and maybe the, 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 there is no uh, uh, right to uh, like a suicide or, uh, but, the, but, but, but the abortion is where in, in, on the human realm, uh, we have the, 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 the medical industry has caused uh, the, the utter lack of respect for the sanctity of life. I think that's the one area, you know, whereas, uh, you know, that, that they don't allow for the assisted suicide or the euthanasia and things of that, that but, but see, the, the, the hypocrisy there is on the abortion. So you're saying because we're willing to uh, allow abortion that we have cheapened life at uh, we've just cheapened life. Well, I, I do think I, I will personally. I mean, I, I have difficulty stepping on an ant. To be honest with you, because I could, I could not create that ant. So, so therefore, I cannot. I, I should not have the power to destroy that ant. So, I could, I could take it all the way down to there. As far as that, Jesus says, it, "What do you do to the least of these?" What? All right, I'm out of time, Morel. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Not sure what the ants have to do with it, but the uncles are safe. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show.